0: Yep. Mr.
1: Pop. <laughs> you should be excommunicated for that, you lazy sod.
0: This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with
2: Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix, and Mark Fine. Here we go. Let's let's get it going. Because my, you know, my phone's only got ninety-two percent. My pacemaker's got about sixty-two percent. and My bullshit detector's going off in the high two hundred and thirty. So we need to start the show. Hello, boys. Welcome to Rock and Roll. My name's Kevin Hillier. Mark Fine is here. I think it's Mark Fine.
3: Doesn't look like him.
2: It's well. Is it Mark Fine? He's in disguise, Kev. Will the real Mark Fine please say hello to the Rock and Roll listening? Audience of three and a half, sir. I he's done himself
1: a mischief. <laughs> <laughs> I've now I've now gone shopper. Uh, yes, you have, because uh, I have invested heavily two dollars fifty in a theatrical disguise kit, <laughs> which claims to offer with three bits of hopelessly weakly he's
2: felt. Hundreds of different faces and disguises. <laughs> and pray tell Mr. Fine, uh, sorry, hello, Brian.
3: Oh, hello, this is far more interesting yeah. than anything I can
2: say. And pray tell Mr. Fine, where may you have purchased the said aforementioned items? Well, I got it
1: a few weeks ago at the $2 shop.
0: <laughs> <which> <laughs>
1: previ- previously being discussed. But so on Saturday, I was driving my wife's car. Now, recently uh, we bought, or Natalie bought, we bought a beautiful new Volvo. Um, That's a lovely car, lovely car. And I actually wasn't going to see him. I was going to the butcher a few doors up, and I parked the car, and I see, as I have stopped, I see his little face pressed against the driver's side window. (laughs) Uh, the passenger window. <laughs> I, I, so I wind down the window. He goes, hello. <laughs>
0: Whose car is this?
1: I wasn't even thinking because normally I'd, I'd pander to him, but I just said, it's my car. It's the family car. And then I hear him because I was right near the store. He turns around and says something in Chinese to his wife. don't
3: <laughs> Sorry, I know this sounds <laughs> racist, but this is how I interpret it. And it's called actor. It's called cool actors. Cool You're trying wife, to tell the story as and, accurately as you can, so don't worry wife, about that. The, the wife's fingers, can't him in it.
1: And he goes, and he says to me, Does the owner of the car know that you are driving it to the pub? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said, and I don't know why I said this, if you, I, I, it was a stupid comment, but I said, if you don't want to buy anything, leave the car. <laughs> like, I just got really angry with him, <laughs> as he often says to me, yeah. and then I'd put the electric windows up.
3: <laughs> I get out
0: of the car. So he's standing
3: outside it. the car and you just shut the window on him. Correct. <laughs> and I get out of the car and he's
1: sort of circling around the car, looking at it, looking at it. Well, it's like he wants to buy it or something. Picking the tyres, was he? <laughs> and I've, I've intentionally made him see that I'm walking to the bookshers and I've come back and he's obviously serving somebody or whatever. So I glare at his wife. Now, I don't know what she said to me, but she pointed a finger at the car and she said something in Chinese and that was it. And I'd love to know what she said about that car. So it was not a major interaction
3: i I actually sort of lost it a bit with him. Oh.
0: oh he's no, been I did hanging, lose. Sh-
3: hanging shit on you a little bit of late. Well, you know.
0: Well, whose car
1: are you taking? Does it only know you're taking it to the pub? I'm <laughs> a oh, prick. That's what I said. Get out of the car. Unless you're buying something, get out of my car. He wasn't really <laughs> in the car.
0: <laughs> See,
1: but, but, but she, I think she's, she said, I'd love to speak Chinese. Oh, I've got to learn it. I'm sure she said, You stole that car. <laughs> I will report you to police.
3: She's pointing at the re- car, saying something really mean to me. If you recorded it, you could get it, you could run it through an app get it and trans- get it translated. Yeah.
1: yeah.
3: Oh, well, I so can't go.
1: I, When I start secretly recording them, I think that's when.
2: Yeah. I think that's <laughs> the end of our relationship. Yeah. I think you may, may have just overstepped the mark when you get to that point, Funny. Uh-huh. I also,
3: th- I think it is illegal as well. Yeah. But, but it was great to park the car and then turn
1: around and see his face <laughs> pressed up against the passenger side window. Like he has recognized me because I wasn't wearing one of his disguises. And, <laughs> <laughs> and he's run to the car like. I know what's going through his head. Like, that is in your car. This a very expensive car. What is he doing in that car?
3: <laughs> you could work hard like Lenny
0: yeah. and have <laughs> your own
3: place. You could have a shop like me
1: or oh, Lenny. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh goodness me! That's uh, uh, a, a very nice way to start this program. That's yeah. the, the most so, so enjoyable. I've got, to,
1: I've, I've got to say, relationships are frosty. Like I wasn't prepared for it. I'm, I was sort of thinking, yeah, I'll go in there, but on my terms. I didn't. He he, sort of um, waylaid me a bit. Yeah. So normally I, I think of something to say. I've got a bit of a uh, routine. You know, I've got something up my sleeve.
2: He gorilla ambushed you in the um he in caught, marketing terms.
1: Yeah, he did. He yeah, absolutely. He caught me on the hop. It I'm, was advantage, shopkeeper. Because yeah, I still he don't is. know his name. Um, <laughs> you know, he knows that my name is either Mark or Kevin. Or Lenny. Or, no, <laughs> Mark or Kevin or Barry. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Obviously, not a big fan of the X Men.
3: <laughs> Kevin or Barry. Um, you need to do something really nice for him that's got a I backhanded did. Oh, by the slap way, I to it. Something. I did realize something else about him that I didn't realize.
1: What's that? Well, unless he's standing in the gutter, he's five foot three.
3: Oh, okay. So I've I'm never, taller than him.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking, when I turned around, I thought, <laughs> I was about to say, f*** off, kid. I thought there was like a five, ten-year-old.
3: <laughs> Words that Rolf Harris never said.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know,
1: oh, hey, hey, on that.
0: Uh-oh. Oh, no. no. <laughs> what All
1: have right, we I'm done? I'm room today. I'm in killed a St room, right? Online? are
3: you doing group. that online
1: yeah it's a private group it's whatsapp
3: but it's become quite big is it is it, helpful, is it helpful is it helpful to market the business because otherwise I can't think of a reason why you would bother
1: yeah I'm, I don't normally get involved but you know they, they, there was chat about whether the club should keep going after to
0: go with it. oh okay
1: right and I just think it's, it's it's a ridiculous question he's a fantastic player and everybody's so worried about you know Oh, what will people think when it goes pear-shaped? The first thing I wrote was, look, if any club can handle something going tits, a, a, a big deal going tits up at St Kilda, and then I wrote Andrew Lovett, Malcolm Blight. Um, Tim Watson. Uh, oh, I forgot Tim Watson. Good man. Tim Watson, Jake Carlisle, Dan Hannabury, Brad Hill. I said, and I said, one more. It's such a long list. You wouldn't even notice one more. <laughs> <laughs> so people commented on that. And then it sort of went around to, is he good value, whatever? Because, you know, North Melbourne have made an offer for Ben Long, three years, 600 grand a year. Benny Long? Yep. Yeah. 600 grand a year, three years. He's off. He's going to North. Sorry,
2: Benny Long's worth 600 grand a year?
1: Well, that's what I said. I said... God. I said, the goo goo, that's what I call him every time I give him a different name. (laughs) The gaga, the goo goo, the gooey, you know, just to annoy people. Yeah. All right. All right. And this is what I wrote. This is exactly what I wrote, right, because this caused the greatest bloody, what's it called, virtue something?
2: Oh, virtue signaling.
0: Yes.
1: Oh, my God. So I've written. He's bloody good value if Ben Long is 600 grand a year. I said, apart from his last game, because the last game of the year he got 27 possessions, and then I wrote, Ben Long gets less touches than a pensioner in a pedophile's nightclub.
2: <laughs> well, you it's know a what very I'm good saying. line, but I'm not quite sure it's socially acceptable. Well, apparently it's not.
3: Why would the pedophile be getting
1: Touched, he'd be doing no, the touch. I, I said he's getting as much t- as ma- he gets as many touches as a pensioner at a pedophile's nightclub,
3: correct? Yeah, oh, okay, none, right now. yeah. Sorry. Stupid yeah. Uh, so it's stupid. Does uh, that make sense? Yeah, yes, it, yeah, does. it does.
1: And then I've got disgusting the concept of a pedophile nightclub makes me sick. <laughs> Are you fed, <fair> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: You're thinking about it that much, and then I get. I get, oh, I get ban this clown from the chat. I have had to live a life of, um, I've uh. had to live, uh, I've had to live a life recovering from sexual abuse, and I would have thought a St. Kilda chat room is somewhere I was safe from being exposed. Are you telling me that that person, and and uh, and I, 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 am nothing but sympathetic to? somebody who's been through that. It, it's horrible. But yep. don't However. Tell time, don't tell me every time you hear the word pedophile, you, you break down into a cycle of regression and, and, and memory. You know, my, my my mother survived the Second World War. Her whole family got exterminated. We're Jewish. But she doesn't go into a fit anytime time she hears the word Nazi or Holocaust. Yeah. I mean, you've got to be kidding. There's there's virtue signalling, and then there's just completely insincere or lying, simply to to put yourself atop of the of the virtue heap. It's it's compl- I have absolutely no regret with what I said. It was that's my humour, and that's how I made my point. And anybody that's Disturbed by the thought of a pedophile nightclub, needs to go and see a psychiatrist because there are none.
2: Well, it should be seeing one. And, and you can't be, you can't, I mean, at some stage, no matter what has happened to you in your life, you cannot be continuing to be a victim in every situation you put yourself into. You'll be standing in the bloody queue at the supermarket and someone will say something and you'll fall down in a heap somewhere. It's just, yeah. it's not dealing with life. You've got to deal with life. Yeah.
1: The I mean, I've got like, I got like four or five responses, which are basically. Hilarious finding, but put on the flak jacket, here it comes. Because oh. people know that the world is full of ivory tower finger pointers. They probably one hand's a finger pointing at you and the other, the other hand they've got their finger up their own ass masturbating to fucking weird porn. Yep. I mean, you know, hypocritical
3: lies.
2: I'm yep. sick of it. I agree with you. I couldn't agree more.
3: Brian? Well, I had a, uh, I got a Twitter from... Um, your mate Dan Andrews and it said and it said something big happened in Parliament last night. Oh yeah. I, and saw so, I saw this. So I had a look at it. And it's like um what is it? Affirmative consent yep. is now the law in Victoria. Now what does that mean? It means if I'm gonna root somebody I have to get them to say yes before I can do it, otherwise it's sexual assault. Is that what it means?
2: In a, in a, I guess a broken down context. That's my understanding of it. Yes,
3: right. Okay. Now, of all the problems Victoria's got, was affirmative consent the number one problem? I doubt it. And I, you know, I don't belittle, you know, people that are, you know, been victims and all that sort of shit. But all oh, that sort of shit—that's terrible. Um, but I, so I just said, whoop-de-do, Dan. How's the $167 billion debt going? Um, land taxes, stamp duty, uh, rates going up, question mark. And then I said, um, and how's that tunnel going? <laughs> Over budget, question mark. And then I wrote, um, but you've got affirmative consent. Rock on. Well, you should have heard them. And people come <laughs> back and go absolutely mental over it. Um, and not one of them addressed the issue. And this is what's really stuffed, really shithouse about these woke people is, you know, you've got to talk about climate change. They don't know anything about it, but it's bad. That's all they know. And you've put a bit of science at them. You can't argue with the science. Yes, you can. That's what science is. But every person that came back at me, not one of them criticised my argument or what I was talking about or wanted to debate me on that. It just, you f***ing little short-ass, uh, okay. you washed-up wannabe. And it's like, really? You know, and that's fascism. You know, like, oh, if somebody's got a different opinion, well, then – would just attack them personally or physically or, you know, I just thought it was a joke and, you know, it might have been never to read what people say back to me again. But absolutely pathetic. You know, if you've got a strong opinion about something. It doesn't even need to be a
2: strong opinion. just needs to be an opinion and there'll be 150,000 people who want to go,
3: no. Oh, the the planet's never had a softer population than it does now. Mm. But... You know, if you want to be a, you know, oh, yeah, I'm really passionate about climate change. Oh, yeah, why? Well, because the planet's going to die. Yeah, you sure of that? Yeah, you can't argue with the science. Like, the people, they just follow like sheep and it's taught in schools climate change and there's two sides to the argument, you know, and I know this will piss a lot of people off, but, the scientists that have been predicting climate change, they've been wrong for 50 years. Okay, let's look out for it, but we're not ready to get it right yet. But it just shits me these strong, woke opinions, and they just attack anybody that has a differing opinion.
2: Well, the, the, key, get- word, the key word there, Brian, is the word opinion.
3: Yeah. Not, not fact.
2: As- it's not fact. It's an opinion.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's freedom of speech,
2: yeah. and no, anyone can have an opinion. No one owns the facts. the, the facts are the facts, and that, and if you can interpret them any way you want to, and you can do whatever you want. But if it's an opinion, it's an opinion, and you, uh, you're, you're absolutely one thousand million percent entitled to it. So yeah. he, here's where I think your problem lies, right?
1: Okay, and and they should. Uh, to be honest. You know, if you go down this track, it's a real pity that Rowan's not doing the show anymore. Oh God, right? <laughs> he's, because he's such a lefty. I'm saying, but you would be viewed as a righty. So yeah, probably. Yeah. So the problem is that, and and you know, I have nothing wrong. I have no problem with what you said. You
3: know, affirmative consent. Look, I, it it makes sense. It's not, worth, it's not worth grandstanding over.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's something both parties would be involved in at this time of life. Yeah, it's just like, Yeah, you know, it's like, it, oh, it, how it, about us?
3: We, yeah, have we passed this really piss-easy piece of legislation correct. to pass and, really now we're, to now, now, yeah. but, and now entire, we're taking a victory lap. That's what me off the entire,
1: about. the entire House would have voted in agreement. So you Yeah, know. okay, fair enough. I'm saying so, I, so, but the problem is that nine out of ten people that had a go at you, they're going to have a go at you, like Rowan would have a go at you, or you would have a go at Rowan, because mm. of your standpoint. I remember once saying to Rowan, Rowan just went berserk about, you know, because he hated Sky News. Oh yeah, right, and and he was just going nuts at. Him. <laughs> fair, fair enough. He doesn't like it, and then he said, I mean, they're just so biased. They're just so. They just every single issue, they're they're right of centre on, mm. and I said, but every issue you're left of centre on. Is there any difference, <laughs> right? And yeah. his answer, his answer was honest to him, but hilarious to me. You know, because he didn't deny that. But you know, you see, you
2: know what his answer was. Yeah, but I'm right.
1: Even worse, <laughs> but, but it was exactly like that, but even worse. Yeah, but. Every answer I give is decent, and everything they do is is immoral and disgusting.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like- which which is another way of saying, okay, I'm not going to debate this because I'm right, so I'll just attack the man. They don't play the ball. Yeah, but both sides don't. I'm sorry. I mean, no, and no, I agree. Sides- with,
2: I agree with you, Fani. Both sides are as so, guilty of it as As, as, as so,
1: everything. I I have very strong opinions that would be embraced by both sides depending on the issue. And I'll give you an example. Um, sorry if this offends people, but I'm not into climate change.
0: Mm, and do you know one of
1: the either. main? Do you know one of the main reasons I'm not into it? What? Do you like how very quietly – so I've got to whisper this because it happened very quietly – global warming became climate change – because global warming stopped making sense because it was like, fr- you know, it's been colder now than it's been for 30 years. Well, so we, bet- can- we-, we better stop calling it global
3: warming because that makes <laughs> us look like in mental cases. <laughs> it's, it's climate change. Anything, and anything unusual is climate change. And that's what the climate does, it changes and it Correct. has but always, and it will continue to. But here you go, since you're down that did- road seriously, what, did it not, used to be called global warming? Yeah, it did. Oh, but hang on, you're, missing, you're forgetting about global cooling. We're all going to be iced over by 2000. America was going to have water rations by 74. They're going to be on food rations by 80. By 1989, we're all just going to turn into blue smoke. I don't know what that means, but we're just going to evaporate. And then by 2000, it was going to be ice all over the country. Yeah, by yeah. 2008, we would have no Arctic ice. The little islands were going to be flooded and the satellite photos suggest that they're actually getting bigger. Um, These pricks have been wrong for 50 years and here we are wrecking the world's economy because we're not ready to go to this shit which just, you know, makes China have more money. But we're not ready. We don't have the science right yet. Yeah,
0: so
1: you know who has the best say on stuff like this because they are – I think they're like me. They they don't take a side in politics, but they just hammer the people that are idiots.
2: <laughs> Who's that? It's, it's, it's
1: South Park.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes.
1: South Park had a great climate change episode because Cartman stole, well, he claimed it was his uncle's boat. He, he stole a speedboat and broke a dam, and that caused flooding in the town next to South Park. Yeah. <laughs> So the whole world thought it was global warming. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so all of South Park, headed by the idiot Randy Marsh. Yes. The yes. Idiot, idiot. So he draws a diagram of how global warming, will what will happen. Everything north of this line freezes. Everything south of that line. Anyhow, he draws a giant map of America. And he shows how global warming will take ho- hold, and it's basically just a giant cock and balls. Yeah. Over <laughs>
0: America.
1: Um, but what they do is, because he convinces them that the effect of global warming is to make the Earth freeze over, you know, because it just makes no sense. So just on a normal summer day, like it's like twenty-eight degrees Celsius, they all dress up like they're at the North Pole <laughs> to get supplies, and they're walking through South Park with. Like like the Scott of the Antarctic, yeah. And Randy Marsh,
3: I'm not going to make it. <laughs> he goes, he goes, and, and, he, and you know what he says? But the weather's fine, yeah. Huh? The weather's okay. It's
1: 28 degrees. It's a completely normal day. <laughs> but they're all dressed up like it's negative 40. And he goes, and he goes, I was right. The freezing conditions of global warming mean that we're going to overheat. <laughs> like none of it makes any sense. Like global warming makes it freezing cold, and you'll die because you're too hot. Yeah, <laughs> like you know
2: that's the absurdity of the uh, the uh, spectrums of the of the argument, and I.
3: The, the no. thing that really the, really finishes it off for me, yeah. and I'm not saying we shouldn't attend to it, but, you know, it's number 17 on the world's problems, really. But um, just Jan Bunn or whoever your weather girl is, do you think they'll be able to accurately predict what next Thursday's weather's going to be? I doubt it. I doubt it. So, so they're going to be able to accurately predict what it's going to be like in 30 years. Yeah, good one. Good luck with yeah. that.
2: Huh.
1: And just the, just the last thing on it is so I heard because I think the state election's been called or whatever.
2: Oh, is it? Oh, okay.
1: I think so because I was listening to the ABC and they had the, all the different people on and they had the leader of the Greens in
3: Victoria. Oh, he'd be a dickhead.
2: Is that Adam? It, what's his name? Adam
1: Banks.
3: No, he's, he's a she. Oh. So oh, she's lovely. She's a lovely woman. I love her. Yeah.
1: So their big thing is because they have really, the way they get most votes is by becoming complete climate change warriors, mm. you know, close every coal mine. Coal, you know, they just, what they're talking about is the most impractical radical solution, but that appeals to enough people in Fitzroy, Richmond, where I live, the seat of Melbourne, so they're going to win yeah. four or five seats because, yeah. because it's full of students and idealists and, you know. Yeah. And people that lots of people with lots of people with purple hair. Yeah, but that's okay. Look, if you're a vegetarian and you leave that lead that alternative lifestyle, that's fine. But the problem is they all live together, and that gives three or four seats to this party who claim that if they ever get into power, this is what they'll do. Well, you know what? If they ever got into power. This country would run out of power and money about 14 <laughs> minutes after they got into power. <laughs> so they know they're really never going to do it, yeah.
3: you know. Well, you've only got to see what's ha- what's happening in America. And, you know, their economy is absolutely trashed. Um, and, you know, they shut down. They were energy sufficient. Now they're not. They're begging, you know, Saudi Arabia and Venezuela and all this, give us some oil, give us some oil. They're spending all of this freaking money because they were shut down, you know, Texas, they had the wind thing going and it got so cold that the wind mills froze and then the whole area was blacked out. Now this is, you know, and then get into electric cars. My God, the no, amount let's of money. Mighty- let's
2: not get it, let's not go down any further in that. yeah, I reckon we've I reckon we've I know what you I know the point you you're making. I I reckon we need to So
1: so just finally the point I'm making is you can't be right. Some people go, oh, that's very right-wing-fining. Well, I couldn't be more left-wing when it comes to gun control, for example. Yep. Uh, like, yeah. I think Americans are insane. Like, just get rid of the guns. <laughs> How can – I watched Phil today. What's his name, Phil McDraw, You know, Phil? Oh,
2: Dr. Phil, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was talking about the gun shooting in America, and he produced a pie chart which broke down – how many minutes it takes for the most fatalities. These people, like 68% happen, the fatalities happen in three minutes, then 12%, whatever. And at the bottom it said, survey taken over uh, 15 years and 923 school shootings. Are they they insane?
2: 923 school shootings, Jesus Christ. Are they
1: completely insane? Two school shootings in this country and every gun every gun down to pop guns should be destroyed i mean um, i couldn 't be more clear about how stupid they are about their guns mm. you know you 've got this whole movement, the n r a and this right wing the, these right wing mercenaries who go guns don 't p- kill people
2: oh yeah, yeah,
1: people do well i 'm going to tell you something because i did a, i did i studied this for like forty years. Do you know that it is guns that kill people because I've done this extensive research for forty years, mm-hmm. and nobody has ever been killed by a bullet thrown by a person.
0: Yeah, they I tried to. Fi- I tried to fire
2: enough. Brian at someone one stage, and just it was just didn't work.
1: They just without it's, a gun. Bullets, it, it did. Bullets Ding don't though, go yes. quick enough without guns. <laughs> yes, yeah,
2: you know that. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Fucking morons. I'm with you. I, look, I'm not. I, I, whether you're left or right or whatever, I, I, I hate the. Uh, Party politics. I, I despise party politics. I think it's, I think it's the, um, uh, it, it's it's so detrimental to actually getting things done, to actually being able to affect any change whatsoever, be it for or against. Guns, climate, whatever it is, party oh. politics is is the greatest handbrake in the world to all that shit because it it just becomes about keeping your job, keeping your power, keeping your power base, and controlling things and not really doing anything. I I hate all that shit. It, it annoys the bejesus out of me. I, I would I, I'm happy to debate any topic you want if I know anything about it. But whether whether I'm left or right or whatever, I don't I don't decide like that. I decide on what I think is best for. For me and for everybody else around the place, not this bullshit party line stuff that I, they carry on I, I with.
1: Couldn't agree more. And I, I you know, when I, I gave up on party politics, when I when I was ultimately betrayed, I, when I went to the sex party, there wasn't one cake, <laughs> one balloon, or one bird willing to perform oral sex on. Me.
2: Well, stuff that funny. <laughs> it was. It was no sex party. Yeah. There
1: wasn't even a street address.
2: Well, Brian had a similar situation with the Gary Glitter party. It just didn't didn't turn out the way he wanted.
3: No, no, and uh, well, yes, I was going to say something, and I've completely forgotten it.
2: Although, well, just there was none of none of the big platform shoes. You are after those. That was part of the part of their platform was the shoes, and you never got those. So, don't blame me, Brian.
3: No, no, it's uh, something I'm going to have to reconsider. I think.
2: Uh, Let me read sorry. you the top ten from our chart this week, because to be honest, oh, yeah. the chart last week of the from 1988 just about killed the 1980s for me. Uh, it almost, it almost, <laughs> it almost buried the 1980s in the backyard of my house. It was so bad. So this one, I think, has got a little bit more going for it. We went to the, went to <laughs> the year 10. of 1985. There's no Brian Mannix songs on this chart. At number 10, sorry, that was a bitchy thing to say, Brian. I apologise.
3: Uh, oh, I, I, sorry, I was just getting a scoop on, my, on the thing. And uh, there's uh, Wayne Carey could be in a little bit of trouble. Oh.
1: What, have they found a video from 2003?
0: <laughs> yeah. No. There, there,
3: there could be... It's uh, I don't know. This is just coming in stra- hot off the press, but there okay. could be an incident at the uh, Perth Casino. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's not something. Was he over there? But, oh, was he over there? Did they actually go to that game? Did they? Yeah, yeah, they, they did. They actually went to the free metal
2: game in in
3: Perth. Wow,
2: bloody yeah, well, bloody hell!
3: There's, there's might have been something on his possession. I'm not okay. sure. All right. All right. We'll follow that scoot. one.
2: Number 10 is Power of Love by Huey Lewis and the News. Number 9, You're Only Human by Billy Joel. Number 8, All You Zombies by The Hooters. Number 7 is Crazy for You by Madonna. Number 5, Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. Number 4, Day Booing at number 4, What You Need by NXS. Number, th- yeah. number 4 is uh, Life in a Northern Town by The Dream Academy. Number 3, There Must Be an Angel by The Arrhythmics. Number 2, We Don't Need Another Hero by Tenor Turner. And the number one song on the uh, ARIA Australian Top 50 chart on the fifteenth of September, nineteen eighty-five, was "Out of Mind, Out of Sight" by the Models.
3: Yeah. Okay, I'm happy with that. So we'll get to that uh, get to that
2: chart shortly. Some good good Australian songs in the chart, and some interesting. God, there's a lot of dance stuff around that techno disco. Dunk, 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 one beat. All, not all techno, the same, it was that electronic. Yeah, electronic. sorry, yeah, that's what I meant. Electronic, but all the same beat, all the same. Uh, could you could just pick the vocals up from one and slot it in the next one, and then pick it up and put it in the next piece of crap, and then pick it up and put it. In, just ding ding, ding 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 ding. Same beat, everything. So many of those songs.
3: Anyway, yes,
2: footy. Let's talk a bit of footy and not. Uh, all right. Uh, 'Cause uh well you boys How'd we go. Well you boys surprised me. I mean uh Brian you picked uh you sorry, finally picked uh Brisbane. Which we didn't. Uh, Brian, you picked Sydney. Yes. Which we were convinced on that. I think we all went for the cats and uh and well the Bulldogs. We were the less said about that performance from the Bulldogs, I think the better. It was like watching for me it was like watching um a big block of ice. Slowly dissolve. You were sitting there looking at it and you think, that's a really nice block of ice at quarter time, and you thought, yeah, that's okay. And then you watched it slowly just disappear. Until- Didn't you hate the commentary?
0: Oh, yeah, it was like they were urging
2: Frio to get back in the
1: game. The crowd's quiet. All right, they've 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 neutralised. Now we need – I mean, they need a goal. Like Seriously, if I was a Bulldog supporter, I would have bloody put my boot through the –
2: yeah. TV. I don't. I don't have it terribly loud. I work on the uh, on the. Oh, mind you, the worst commentary I heard the other night was, um, literally, they were they were dancing in the streets in the commentary box when uh, the Melbourne Storm were getting beaten the other night. Oh, Good. don't Good. talk to me about that. Good God, that was horrible. Yeah, that, yeah, that was it. that was one of the great celebrations of all time. No one was barricading for Melbourne Storm in the commentary box to come back after that start. It was they were they were literally totally. dancing on their grave. So uh, we've got a couple of games this week to talk about. Uh, We've got the Dockers and Collingwood of Melbourne and Brisbane, which was a great surprise. Brian, uh, Dockers and Collingwood, what do you you make of this one?
3: Look, my head sort of says um, Collingwood will probably scrape across the line, but... Your purple power. My purple power thing, um, I'm going to go for it because even if Brisbane wins, I think I can still claim a purple power win. so, yeah, I'll, I'll be going for Freo. Freo
2: to win that. And who do you like in Melbourne and Brisbane?
3: Um, I, think, uh, I think Petrarca's injured, isn't he? He's got a, he's got a, a broken uh, leg. Yeah, he's got a broken leg. But, yeah, he'll, play. No, he'll, but play. he'll play. But he'll play. he's still playing. He's still playing. he's still playing. Is he good for him? Um, I think Brisbane will win this.
2: He's got a hairline fracture in his tibia, I think that's right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which he did fairly early in the game. So he ran it through in the game. Now, whether it, it, you know, whether they risk it or whatever, but that, oh, this is do or die. Finally, well, Dockers do like and you. Collingwood, who do you like?
1: Well, just a first observation is, you know, since this final eight system has been in place, and I can't give you the year, but it must be getting on to 20 years. Well, I suppose um, it would be. It's been naturally, the natural knee jerk reaction, not only from supporters and tipsters, but even the bookmakers has been that the winners from the first week have sort of been overrated and the losers have been written off a bit. Mm -hmm. So in the history of this system, there's never been cumulatively two shorter-priced losers than the the ones this week. In other words, what I'm saying is even though they both lost, Collingwood and Melbourne are red-hot favourites to win. Yep. And that is unusual given the normal knee-jerk reaction of winning and losing in this scenario.
2: Yeah, when you, when you lose, everyone goes, oh, they're gone. Um, Correct. Yeah, and writes them off, yeah.
1: Yep. But the nature of the game's all been close and leads me to join everybody else and say that Melbourne and Collingwood are going to and- win pretty comfortably, actually.
2: Well, uh, I'll be honest, I, dude, the Dockers didn't impress me. I know they beat the Doggies, and I'm not saying that because, you know, we're 40-something points up and then lost. and I, I just didn't think it was a great game of football. do you
1: think they got carried over the line a bit by the crowd? And that 50-metre penalty was… Uh,
2: it was a disgrace, but anyway. Yeah. Um, it, it's, not, it's only going to happen over there, not yeah. here. Yeah. No, I, you know, I think all of those things. I just didn't think that I was… what. I, I, I'll be honest and say, okay, it's my team, but… I watched that game and didn't think I was watching two top-line teams having watched what I'd watched previously over the weekend from Thursday night through until that game on, sun- on Saturday night. That Can was- I
1: tell you, even, even when you were six goals, six to one point, I was actually quite surprised at how, how badly Bulldogs have regressed in one year. What I'm saying that is Norton, com- oh. was just, he completely mistimed everything. Um, Hugel Hagen.
0: Couldn't catch
2: a couldn't catch
0: a No no hang on, hang on, hang on, wait. Yeah. I'm
1: I'm, de- I'm leaving the gap between the time Hugo Hagen goes to the mark and when the ball actually arrives. <laughs> <laughs> now Hugel Hagen got his was, was completely on a It's like he was watching the game on an eight second delay or something. I don't know what he was Your first two goals literally came from Hugel Hagen going for the mark and the person behind the mark now it was it was the golden bond to belly, and I think then did Waitman kick it or miss it, but both those marks happened by accident because Hugel Hagen had not only himself but dragged his opponent and many others to a marking contest that wasn't going to happen for three minutes yeah yes. <laughs> <So, laughs> Was quite odd. Yeah, and, it was odd. And Darcy, Darcy's very promising, but very raw. Oh god, yes. So you got them up one end. Up the other end, you got Zy Amos in his second game.
3: Who's that on him.
1: Zy Amos? He kicked two U- goals. Amos. I mean, Amos. A miss. Huh. Well, his first kick was a miss from the goal square. Um You know, he had four possessions, kicked two goals, good on him, but certainly not AFL standard, really. Um, And their other key forward was, I don't know, I don't even know who it was. Oh, yeah, it was Rory Lobb. Yeah. He he was good. He's good, Rory Lobb. I think the doggies are after him. Um, But it didn't strike me like two teams that were finalists. No. which, Which made me, you know what it made me, Delighted Morning. because Carlton supporters would have been <laughs> <f***ing> killing
0: themselves. <laughs> More pain. Uh, yes. Like there's not a
1: Carlton supporter that would have watched that game and thought, what the hell have we missed out on
3: yep. Oh, no. yep. What Which- did you think about the umpiring in the Richmond game? Well, first of all, that was an excellent overall.
2: That was not a goal.
0: Oh, the, yeah.
2: The Lynch one? Yeah. And oh, you know how, no
3: uh, way. how it's not a goal? Uh, you're, gone. How, you're The reaction of uh, Tom the no, Tom
1: Lynch didn't think it was a goal.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that That's not what bothered me, um, and I wasn't really going for either team, but um, I thought the three 50-metre penalties that uh, Brisbane got, you know, they got two goals out of it. I thought, well, you know, I don't know. I, I didn't think the 50 metres were there, and, um, and I just, you know, I'm – it's just sort of, ah, you know, gee, I hope, you know, these decisions aren't going to determine the game, but they kind of did, which I suppose is what umpires do. But yeah, I, if I was a Richmond supporter, I would have been pretty pissed off with some of the umpires. Yeah, but,
1: but fair is fair. I mean, you know, justice in the end won out because let's be honest, footage from a club function eight years ago, you really, I mean, that's that really. They deserve to lose because that you know it was eight years ago. That that's that's you've got all really eight bring years back. ago. That a that footage from, footage from, of, of, of Dustin Justin
2: Martin at the uh, at the whatever bar it was.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, uh, so I mean, it, it's the chopsticks.
2: No,
1: no, 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 no. <laughs> Another up incident weighing up a girl's possibilities. Um, no, you know, just just checking. Yeah, that one's real. It's <laughs> not. He's yeah, probably but, giving
3: the girl a service. And oh, he was. For don't say cancer. that. No,
2: do not say that, Brian. That's just.
3: Well, I don't know. I haven't seen
2: the photo. Well, yet, then don't. Then don't say that. But
3: <laughs> but no, but you know, <laughs> girls have to regularly check for breast cancer. Yeah, the, you know, we just lost
2: our Olivia. Themselves, Brian. Themselves, Brian.
3: So I can Brian. help. I'm, I'm always willing to help. Yeah, I'm, you know I'm
2: sure, you're Doctor Mannix. Thank you so much for that. That's
0: and don't, all right.
1: get me, don't get me wrong. Historical evidence of wrongdoing. It doesn't matter whether it was yesterday or ten years ago, but the
2: timing of it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Someone's rank. Yeah, someone's Someone. I don't even know but, what
3: you're talking about. Well, it's a video.
2: Here. It was a video that was leaked on the the Wednesday, I think, from memory, of last week. That uh, was from a 2015. Um, yep. Uh, yep. Postseason uh, drinking session that the uh, Richmond mm. players were involved with, and uh, Dustin is shown in the. In the video, um, uh, touching one of the girls, uh, in, uh, which has been yeah. deemed to be all sorts of weird and wonderful things, and then that came out the day before this game, which he was back in the game, back in the side four, obviously, um, and that's you know was circling oh, around their, all their press oh, conferences before the game, all that stuff.
1: I'm, I'm
3: not oh, surprised you didn't hear about it. I was at that party. <laughs> I'm just going to ask you if there's any video of me.
0: <laughs> no, Cause but I, I'm not
3: because I, I, <laughs> I basically started the whole thing. Because the girl's there with a very nice set of boobs. I said, "Have you been checked for breast cancer lately?" Oh, and and she said, "No." I said, "Would you like me to give it a crack?" So I started, warmed them up. Did you? And then and then Dusty came and said, "Well, I'm a doctor as well, and mm. that's and he, unfortunately he got filmed and I didn't." Yes.
0: Mm. There you go. Ooh. Story yeah, of your but, story but of his career,
2: Brian.
1: In reality, I'm not surprised that Brian didn't know about it. Because, right. no, because I'm in the Gold Coast bulletin, it would have been page 17, and the headline would have read Girl Attacks Footballer's Finger with Bosom.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's that was right, one too. of the theories going around about how the whole incident occurred. And uh, I'm not ruling it out, to be honest, Sonny. No, no,
2: because you live on the Gold Coast. Yep.
3: Well, she's got killer tits, and maybe they attacked. I not thought sure. you didn't. I thought you hadn't seen any of it. No, not I don't. I, don't. <laughs> I just figure if he's, I just if Dusty's uh, feeling them, they must be pretty good. All oh, right. I don't think. I don't think Dusty to- would have had too much trouble getting oh. his hand on a set of tits. So these must have been special. This is terrible, isn't it? <laughs>
1: They're all special, Brian.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they are. All right. Uh, Now, the other, the Nick Curios continues his uh, terrific run at.
0: uh, Can
1: can, can I say something about that? About Nick? I don't think you can. Oh yeah, all right. All right. Uh, We've all watched sport for long enough, and the number of genuine cases of. It's uh, somebody fin- of the penny finally dropping or a leopard changing their spots is so rare. I-, I think of Reece Stanley. Like on the weekend, he was pretty putrid for most of the game. And uh, I mean, Reece Stanley just is a player who promises a lot but never delivered at St Kilda and Geelong. I think of remember Daniel Bandy. Oh yeah, the next cooter. You know, you just were waiting for the penny to drop, but it never happened. Courtney Johns at Essendon, you oh, know. Yes. He's got it all, but it never happened.
3: Larry O'Day, the wrestler. Yeah, that's right. Thanks. Up and coming um, for 20 years. Never made it. Never quite made it, did he? And that
1: was Johnny Gray's fault. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. And, but the fact is, curiosity until he was 26, was an unfulfilled talent, wasn't he? Yep. And he looked like he was always going to be uh, world number 30, even though he had ability. And then something could f- happened. He got a bit of a lucky run at Wimbledon with the Nadal, but he was still playing well there. Well, since Wimbledon, he's won two tournament. He's only been beaten once, I think. He's just beaten the world number one, the yep. Met- He's a genuine – he's genuinely in the top three players in the world now.
3: Yeah. I've always I thought that, he could be number one if you could get his head right.
1: I'm saying everybody did, but how often does that happen in sport? Yeah, like not I'm, often. Saying, I'm saying all these people that could have been, you know. David Zaharakis. Or the next big thing. what's Graham
2: Hick, the cricketer from Zimbabwe? Oh, Simba. yes. What a good example.
1: You know, everybody's waiting, 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 but the bus – very rarely comes. Yep. It very rarely to somebody that, you know, finally fulfills their potential. You know, I think in footy, it's very, very rare. It does yes. happen. At t- I'm sure there are examples of it, but, you know, okay. it's very – I'll give you an idea. There's hang a on a sec. Hang on a
3: sec. Time. I just want to say yep. the bus goes past my joint very regularly. Okay. <laughs>
0: it, doesn't, and it
1: doesn't
3: stop. <laughs> or done. But,
1: like, there's a player on in the game on Saturday night playing for Fremantle, right? And because they made the finals and because the world feel good about Fremantle and they're looking for how on earth have they got better given that Fife has barely played, Tabern is not there. You know, they're trying to make sense. You know, Adam Chera left. They're trying to make sense of the improvement, right? Mm -hmm. And I've been told that Blake Acres... After, because he is a great example of somebody that had had the tools, but just it never he never ever fulfilled his what looked like you know six foot four midfielder could run all day.
3: But he's got a well, shit
1: name, Blake That's Akers. Probably,
3: that would have held him
1: back a bit. Well, I watched him on on Saturday night, and he's still Blake Acres. You know, <laughs> yeah. he got plenty of the ball. Of the ball, but I saw him under no pressure kick at thirty meters straight to a doggies player, or out on the full. And then the next kick was fifty meters to a teammate. But he's he's the same Blake Acres. But Nick Kyrgios has, as they say, jumped the Rubicon. He has somehow gone from you know that he didn't care enough, and he just this whole this whole. Sort of salad of reasons why he was always going to be unfulfilled potential, and it's over. He's now a he's now a great player, very hard to beat. He's now favourite to win the US Open, by
2: the way. He's um he's scary talented. I mean, he really is. You watch him. I watched him the other day on Saturday afternoon when he was playing. And at one stage there, it looked like, okay, this is all going to fall apart. And JJ Wolfe, the bloke he was playing, started to get it together. And he was, he was whinging to his box about, get behind me. I'm in a bit of trouble here and that. And then he just peeled off like these four serves that literally yeah. went through the back of the, the bloke's head. They were yeah, gone that yeah. quick. <laughs> and, yeah. and you just looked at it and went, you've got a level you can go to that no one else at the moment is
3: anywhere near.
1: Yeah. It was fun because tennis is boring unless you're barricading
2: for someone. Yeah, true. Well, well I liked him like, when, I f-
3: when I first saw him do the, you know, the shot between his legs. I thought, well, that was great. The
2: underhand but serve, then, all that stuff.
3: I but, love but the underhand serve. serve, I thought, Jesus, you're a cheeky bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and, but it's not a bad tactic, you know. Bro- broke up the other bloke's rhythm. He's expecting something to come hammering down at him and he gets his lollipop. You know, I think that's great tactics. I thought that was and great entertainment for me. Oh, he was always great
1: entertainment, but it's pretty frustrating when the guy you're barracking for is getting knocked out in the second round all the time. Yeah, true. Now it's great because he's going to win things. but And the timing couldn't be better because it came sort of straight on the back of the shock retirement of Ash Barty. So we've still got someone to barrack for. It's, you know, like Tomlanovich. I saw she made the quarterfinals, but she plays her best and she's limited. She can't win.
2: Yep. Oh, she okay. was terrific against Serena. She was she was fantastic against Serena. You wouldn't have known yeah. she won the game because everyone was too busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh you know, uh, of course, uh, of course. patting Serena on the ass and telling her how good she was. But uh you Well know,
1: everybody could pat her on the ass
2: Correct. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, how, how many hands did? Um,
2: well i am wow. I'm, I'm gonna ask you then now this is a this is a simple um yeah almost a yes or no question, but No. Uh,
1: if he said no, I'm a definite yes.
2: Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, is Serena Williams the best ever, or is there an argument for Margaret Court, who has one more Grand Slam uh, than uh, than Serena has? As they uh, the, the throw this goat word around, way too much for my liking. Um, but if you had to pick between the two, who do you pick, Serena Williams or Margaret Court as the as the goat of women's tennis, Mister Mannix?
3: Look, I'd be better off uh, going for the most rootable. Um, no, it's not, it's not rooted to goat.
2: It's a four-letter word. It's goat.
3: Greatest of all time. Um, yeah, look, I look. I don't know Margaret Court's um, history too much. Um, so I'm tending to lean towards Serena because I've seen her play. and Wow, well, she's pretty amazing.
2: Yeah, I think she's the best of the modern era. I'm not saying that I think she's the best of all time. Mr. Mr. Fine.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's, you know, look, you can only beat who, who you're up against, but Margaret Court did play at a time, especially in women's tennis, when there were about five countries playing. Honestly, you know, the women's tennis then was very limited. There was no women's tennis in anywhere but sort of France, England, obviously, America and Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. It, it just wasn't. It there was not a depth of opposition, unfortunately. It's like
2: But still the top the top echelon of that that the, the people that she beat were were Yvonne Corley, were uh Billy Jean King, were Chris Everton. At Everett the Lloyd. end at
1: the end it was. At the end it was. But a lot of those titles came before then when she was beating I don't know, who was the second
3: best Australian. I don't even know who it was.
0: Well
1: I
3: think she beat Bernard, I think she beat him at one
0: point. <laughs>
1: but it's like it's like, it's uh. like Australia's two greatest ever sports people.
2: Uh, who? Well, Don oh, Bradman. Yes. I'm, I'm assuming Don Bradman and Rod Laver would be the two on well, the Well, I
1: would say Don Bradman and Dawn Fraser. Oh, all right, let's go best male. I'd say
3: Ian, Ian Thorpe I think you'd have to consider. Ahead of Don oh, Bradman. Well, Don Bradman's I'm, I'm a grumpy
2: old prick. I'm with so. <laughs> I'm with If I had to name two straight now, it'd be, it, would be, it would be Don Bradman and probably Dawn Fraser.
3: Yeah,
1: but yeah, daunting, if you look at the records, if you look at the records, then you're gonna get taken to task because people are gonna say Walter Lindrum and Heather Mackay, but I'm just not sure who Walter Lindrum and Heather Mackay were beating. I mean yep. Heather Mackay was unbeaten in like twenty-three years of squash, like mm. no one beat her. Yep. But who was she playing? You know, I'm not I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure who Heather Mackay played in squash, how many women were playing squash, I don't know. Yep. I, and Walter Lindrum, you know, I know, you know, he worked out that that cradle, whatever it is, you know, that must have been exciting to watch him rack up nine thousand points playing in the corner of a snooker table. Gee, I wish <laughs> I was there. Um, had did I miss that? Um, but you know, I mean, you know, for thirty of his titles, he beat his brother Horace, who never beat him in a million years. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not sure that just winning is the be-all and end-all. Yeah. Okay. Like,
0: number so, so the I, number
2: of titles is not a, is not should not be the indication of where you sit in the world of.
1: Like I, re- I really would argue, I'd argue that the discussion should be maybe between, um, Serena and Martina Navratilova. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. I agree with you there. Yeah. And you know what Dame Edna said about Martina.
2: What did Dame Edna say? Funny.
1: It's amazing, really. They could put a man on the moon, but they still can't put one on Martina.
2: Thank you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, what you're saying, Fonnie, is actually a bit like um, we were talking, Kev, we were talking to, I think, Matt Taylor, and I remember when I don't uh, Phil Manning about black and blue. Yep. And that, and that was, you know, number one and stuff. But you looked at the rest of the chart that it was number one, and you got T Rex, you got the Stones, you got all these really Led Zeppelin, all of these really huge acts. And so, like, wow, that's a better achievement than if you're going against, you know, Melissa to Courts and, um, you know, Correct. Jamie Redfern and stuff. So, no, I think it's a valid point, and yeah, no, that makes sense to me.
2: Yep, makes absolute sense. And coming up right now, our special guests on the program, Melissa Kurtz and uh, Jamie Redfern.
0: Uh, hey, hey you know what, you know up, hey
3: Jamie.
2: Do you know what Dame Edna said about the
1: 1956 Olympics?
2: Well, for a minute there, I thought you were going to tell something Dame Edna said about Jamie Redford. Uh, no, what, what, did, uh, what did Dame Edna say about the 1956 Olympics?
1: I'll never forget the 1956 Olympics, watching Lorraine Crap on the television.
2: <laughs> <laughs> One of our great swimmers was Lorraine Crap. Uh, righto. Let's get to the chart now. finally, I'm going to get you to hold your story over for this week because we've, uh, yeah, yeah. we've we've run out of time and uh, and uh, the
1: bloke will be as dead next week as he was
2: this <laughs> <time>. <laughs> Fair enough. And we uh, we did want to uh, want to you know bring everyone the story of your little um, encounter with your friend in the car park with the the Who's new car. car.
0: Is this? <laughs> <laughs> <Yes.
2: Right. laughs> Uh, All right, so let's get to the chart. It's uh, 15th of September, 1985. We mentioned the models are the number one song. So uh, some interesting songs in here. There's a couple of Madonnas. There's, uh, as we mentioned, some Dire Straits. There's a couple of Howard Jones songs in this. Yeah. there's uh, the Pointer Sisters have got a couple in there, believe it or not. Uh, Rod Stewart and Jeff Beck have got a duet in this. Uh, Kim Carnes has got a most unusual song, and the Motels are in there. Prince is in there. So, what are you coming up with for your number three, good and bad, finding? Okay, number three, bad.
1: I think I'll get a bit of support from Brian, but I don't like Die Straights. I've never f-ing liked Die
0: Straits. Yes, you're going to get go a lot for of
2: support from me.
1: First of all, what rubbish is money for nothing and tricks for free? Like, I mean, you know, that bandana's been on too tight and you've been, you think you're the, Mark Knopfler, you think you're the, you think you invented the guitar. Well, I don't know who wrote the lyrics to this shit, but it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. And that song gets played over and over. It's not, it's got no beat. It's got no, it's got no musical soul. It's just got a selfish guitarist in a f- a hopeless band, and
3: I don't like <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that. Sorry. Headband
3: was actually hiding the circumcision scar, but anyway, yeah, because <laughs> he was enough. a dickhead.
0: <laughs>
3: <Fair> <laughs> All right, well, you've started poor. You've come off the
2: long run to start with. So, uh, what do we got in the good pile? Yeah, it's like you know.
1: I mean, I'm not American, so I don't need to love everything American. And I'm telling you, die straight's are no good. Mm-hmm. Are they American or English? I don't no, know. They're English. No, they're English. English. I was going to say, I don't even know where they're fucking from. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not British. I don't need to support them. But on the other hand, I am Australian. Yep. And I love Mental as Anything, yep. and I love them for their good songs. And and for me, their good songs aren't necessarily what everybody else thinks, but I think Live It Up is a great song.
2: Hear, here, yeah. sir. You know, it's, just yeah.
1: sort of, it's, it's, quietly, it's quietly correct to me. Then again, I like their song, Let's Cook. <laughs> yeah, it's most annoying. people would find it annoying, but but I really like "Live It Up." You know, I I know that they're bigger sort of songs, the nips are getting bigger and that you know, but I I like, I, I think "Live It Up" is a a lovely piece of music. Well done,
2: yeah. I, well I, done, them. I have to I have to disagree. The it deserves higher than three. I've got it higher than three. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I there have. you go.
1: So. Yeah. But we're, we're at a dem that it is a
2: very good song. Yeah, bloody oath. In uh, Crocodile Dundee, the movie, and, uh, and Greedy wrote it, um, and he didn't write a lot of the, 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 the hit songs, so, but he wrote that one. And, uh, yeah. yeah, it's a good song, really good. It's happy song, yeah. happy song. Greedy wrote that, and Stupid wrote Money for Nothing. <laughs> yeah, we've got all the Seven Dwarfs coming up. Let's get to the next yeah. one. Uh, hello, Brian. What have you got? Number- <laughs> <laughs> very good. What, right.
3: <laughs> well, you got number my three? good one is going to be actually, um, I, it was very hard to see this particular chart, Kevin. I didn't realise this song was on it until you just mentioned it, but I do love it. I don't think it's the best version there is of it, but uh, Jeff Beck and Rod Stewart, uh, People Get Ready, I think it's number 21. Yep. Um, yeah, I think that's. I think it's just a great song. And, um it is. Unfortunately, the eighties production makes it not the best version of this. But um, yeah, so that's that's a good one for oh, me. Oh, you got
2: a you got a you got a really classy guitar player and and Rod
3: singing properly. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. It's it's a great song, and you know. So that's my number three. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think this is Howard Jones. Um, who is it? Was it Corey Hart? Life in one day? That's Howard. Well, what the hell's happened with howard <laughs> he's He's English, isn't he? Yes, he is. Well, why is he pretending that he's from the Bahamas? You know it's like it's like Island bar, at Jamaica music. And I'm thinking, well, you know that's like, oh, almost well, you know. Get a didgeridoo out and start making some Aboriginal music. Like, I don't know. I just think it's just, he's pretending to be something that he's not. Is it not and a little,
2: is it like, it's more like a little sea shanty type thing, isn't it?
3: Oh, it sounds like you're sitting in the bar in the pool and, you know, that's the sort of music they're playing in the background. But, you know, he probably comes from Pissing Down Rain, Cheltenham or somewhere. <laughs> and here he is pretending he's, Hey man, I'm on the beach, you know, drinking cocktails. Oh, yeah, oh, you pig's ass you are, you liar. <laughs> so he lied to me. Sorry, yeah. Howard, I love no one takes the blame, but this is rubbish.
2: Yeah, no one takes the blame. It's a good song. Uh, all yes. right, so the Howard Jones at number three. My number three, bad. Um, are either of you Rick James fans, you know,
3: super Freak. <laughs> he's so bad, he's kind of good.
2: Well, I don't mind. I don't mind Super Freak. Super Freak's not a bad song, uh, even though I think it's he did. Freak, yeah.
0: I, I think but, he did twenty five. He
2: did. He did that same song twenty times. Every song he did was like a bastardised, uh, you know, uh, son of Super Freak.
0: Have you seen
1: that movie Coming to America?
2: Yes, with Eddie Murphy and
1: Cineo um, yeah. uh, so, Hall. Yes. Yeah. So the boyfriend of the girl that Eddie Murphy loves, he's some super dag and he's isn't he in the got some hair formula?
3: Yeah, yeah, that's uh the wax or something. Yeah, to, something for the something for the afro. Yeah, so he looked like Rick James or he something. He does look
2: like Rick
1: James so much. Well, the yeah, girl, Rick James, right? James is like a parody of himself. I don't, you know, well, I can't take him seriously.
2: The girl in this film clip of this song, then it's a Rick James song, so he's written it, produced it, and obviously put together this little girl band called the Mary Jane Girls. And uh, their song is down the bottom of this chart at number 32. It's called In My House. Well, what a breakthrough for mankind this, uh, the lyrics of this one are.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, what you can't just believe, I'm the only girl in your life. I'll be your sugar in the morning and the sweet stuff you need at night.
3: Because you going going to get fat.
2: And you, <laughs> just can, and you can just make believe when it comes down to making love, I'll satisfy your every need and every fantasy you think up. Written, written by Rick James, this for to the Mary Jane girls to sing. So I when you need to sing
3: this. So when you need a <laughs> little peace
2: of mind, come on over, boy, anytime. I'll keep you happy and so satisfied in my house, in my house. Uh, so when you need some love and tenderness and it's me, baby, that you miss, here's the key to unlock the door to my house, to my house. I've given the key and everything. Anytime, day or night, when you call me, I'll be there. Just call me up on the phone when you need someone around to care.
3: Oh, this right. girl must have an itch in her undies that just no scratching will stop. Oh, yes. She's just, just like a mole. You know I mean, <sighs> that thing that she's had, just come over any time. Here's the key, just come over yep. and f- me. Jesus. Pretty much. Uh, so that uh, that
2: breakthrough for Womankind is my number three, um, it's, and it's it's just not a very good song either. It's... <laughs> And the, Set
3: women's and, lived back twenty
2: years. <laughs> and the four girls in it. One looks like Rick James would if Rick James was a girl. The other one looks like Marilyn, Bill, Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> the other one looks like, and it's it's like four different. And you're looking at these four girls, going, "My God, you're you, you're not serious here." And they all they're all up on the bed. They're all got hardly any clothes on. It's all, it's it's like
3: gone. Well, I'll look. You've never been in a room with Rick Jones, Kevin. I think what happens when Rick walks in a room, everybody just starts stripping off their Taking their, their clothes head. off. Clearly. That's it. doesn't matter who you are, Bob Menzies, or it doesn't matter.
2: Clearly, that's what happens. Now, on the other side of that coin, my number three good, and mm. I, uh, I've just slipped this one in at, at number three. Uh, late inclusion, to be honest. It's Just put it ahead of uh, another one. Um, is a song that has lyrics in it about people having... Uh, pubic hair on their pillow slip, and uh, it's a, it's very very the opposite of the absolute opposite of in my house is a song called Man Overboard by Do oh, Re okay. which is Deborah Conway doing the vocals, um, and it's it's a powerful uh, lyric, it's a powerful song. It's actually she sings it really well, um, yeah. And that's my number three good. It's just a, it, I think it's a really good song as much as anything else, um, and and. It got in. I think there was a bit of controversy about the lyrics in it because it was very, I won't say anti male, but it was very kind of no, you're not getting away with that shit anymore type uh, lyric. So I'm uh, I'm happy to put uh, Do Ray Me in.
3: Um, it was one of the, I do like the song, but it's one of the reasons I was scared of it because,
0: <laughs> because yeah yeah me too you know yeah.
3: imagine me I wouldn't mean to say something that would offend her, but I just would. Yes, she would. You know, Kate Langbrook, I just would accidentally say something that they would be appalled at and then, you know, it would be on.
2: Well, let's face it. In your case, Brian, that can be
3: hello. Well, that generally does <laughs> the trick.
2: G'day, I'm Brian. Ah, ah
3: What the hell's he trying to prove?
2: Number two, Mr Fine. Yeah, I, I feel like
1: it's a bit of low fruit. You know, you know when overseas trainers come to the Melbourne Cup, and they bring like four horses with them.
0: Yeah, you
1: know, I feel like it's like, um, I don't know, it's some of those English trainers, not the main ones, not
2: Dermot Weld and uh, Brian and them.
1: You know, not, yeah, like like you know, I don't know, just the ones that come every year, and they run twenty second and twenty third. I feel that's like Howard Jones. He had two entries in this, and he was never going to get higher than 36 or 37, was he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor, <laughs> you know, he's had a couple of cracks, but let's be honest, Howard, Hojo, or whatever you want to be called. Hojo. <laughs> so, so this song, Look, Mama. Oh, you've got the other song. Oh, yeah. You know, okay. sometimes you say, look, Mama, look, look at me, Mama, look. <laughs> Do you know what it is? Look, Mama, I'm a eunuch playing a Willitzer organ. <laughs> <laughs> it's this electronic dross with big, and, and the lead vocals is well. I know it was 1985, and we didn't have a lot of gender choices then. But I think I think now we would say sorry. I, I think now we would say refer to the lead singer of that song, Howard Jones, as they. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't know whether Howard wants to be referred to as a he or a she, but I think we'll go with they just to be careful,
3: right? Be Sorry, Howard. He, right. well, like, he doesn't like prick.
1: I don't know. I feel, I, I feel like Howard Jones is a sort of person like a.
3: Yeah, he a, might like prick.
1: <laughs> Stop it, Brian. I just think he's, you know, he's a little, little. I don't know. we well, six foot, To bet six foot three. The big, yeah, I'm the saying very that's tall funny thing. I'm saying yeah, that's well, a funny thing. I, I just pictured it was that fairy at the bottom of the garden. I
3: don't know about <laughs> <Fair> Anyhow. <enough. laughs> okay. What's your number Anyhow, two good? Look,
1: Mum, look De- Standing
3: next to me and Brian Cannon. Yeah, right. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Sorry Howard, Hojo, or whatever you want to be called. Hojo. <laughs> now, I'll say something about this chart. If you don't embrace 80s music, You're going to find it very hard to get a top three. You know this chart is like last week. It's it's got you know it's got more organs than the monster with forty dicks. It it is stuffed. It's just all electronic. You know, so I've decided to put aside my my prejudices and really remember the songs that. I listened to now, I didn't love them then, but I listened to now and it just takes you back to the 80s. It's a bit of a reminisce,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I've got a dead heat for second. Okay. Obsession by animation. Knew you'd put that in. And All You Zombies by The Hooters.
0: Okay.
1: Now, All You Zombies, that very lazy, banned The Hooters, because they decided to steal the first 30 seconds off Totem. Oh, why would you do that? It does sound like it sounds like Africa. I mean, it sounds like a Toto song. But then oh. it becomes very much old. If you're having an 80s party and you're not playing this song, you're, you're a liability to yourself and others. Yeah. That's what that's that's how I started thinking. I started thinking, all right, you're gonna have a retro 80s party. It's gonna be super daggy, but super fun, you know. Everybody's gonna be sticking something in the punch. <laughs> and then, you know
2: something in their missus. Yeah. And it's gonna be <laughs> and not party. the same thing, Brian. <laughs> it's two different things. Right? I don't it's think it
0: is. To- I don't it's think it's i do not think its going be is. a fun party. That punch needs, needs a, to- a good
1: stirring, Kev. <laughs> Correct. So it's it's gonna be a fun party if everybody just goes 80s, righty? Right? Yep. yep. And if you're not playing all your zombies and obsession, then you really ruin the party. You're not but you shouldn't be hosting it. You should be hosting a, a like a um who done it? Murder mystery, murder yeah. Parties,
2: yep. So that's what I've done. It yeah, is, no, it's that, good. Uh, yep, I like the logic behind that. I, I, I think that's very, very clever. Right, O'Brien.
3: No, my good one is um, the song that they they just about finished the album, and they said, "Ah, shit, we still sort of one hit single away from this being the album we want." So they went home. And like so many stories, we've heard it like this, Kev. Um, and they banged out this song because they needed another hit and something that was a bit more commercial. So they went home and I wrote a song called I'll Give You What You Need. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the, ten, the last song they recorded for the album and probably the biggest hit on it. And, of course, it's in excess at number five. Yep.
2: Debuting in the chart. At number five, that's, yeah, how, that's how hot they were.
3: Yeah, well, you know, it's a great song and, um, you know, so well done. Yep. Well done to the boys. You yeah. um, Now, where's my little notes here? I, I actually meant to put this one at number three because it's actually, you know, it's a pretty well-crafted song, but my problem with, with it lies in that it's just formulaic. And this guy just continues to sort of use the same chords and the same production and then he wor- worked out that if he writes really suck-up lyrics about what a great guy is to go out with girls that, you know, he can sell a lot of shit. So to me this is a pretty cynical effort just to make money and have a hit rather than expressing what's really inside him. And so for that reason I'm going for, I'm not sure what number it is, Kev, but it's Brian Adams. With Ooh, Heaven. Oh, number two, number 19. Yeah, no, I, I just think Brian Adams sort of sold out somewhere along the way. and um, What Brian Adams songs do you like? Uh, I, look, I think I've got a bit of thing against him because – Every cover band seems to play, Gamma my first 16, yeah, you know, and it's like, 16. oh, I'm just sick of it. Yeah. And, and then you listen to his other songs, you know, that one he did with Sting and Rod Stewart, that was horrendous. <laughs> um And, you know, it just, he worked out if he writes love songs that he, you know, and he's getting, nah, just, no, okay. come, come on, come on, man. All right. It's Joe Biden would like, say, come on, man.
2: I thought you were, I thought you were alluding Listen, to, Jack. to Prince there for a minute, not Brian Adams. But Brian Adams, oh, no, he, I no! I Look, I, I, I had a look at right?
3: the Prince one, but I think that's one of his better songs. Yeah, okay. Uh,
2: my number okay. two, good, I mentioned before, I've, I've got to live it up a little bit higher, so I've got it up at number, number two for the metals. I, I like that. I'm with you. I like... There's a few songs the medals have done that other people aren't that fond of that I love. I love Berserk Warriors, and I've always loved Live It Up, always just thought... Every time you hear it on the radio, it's one of those songs where... Uh, actually, it does. It's what you talked about just then, funny. It takes me back to the 80s, and you, you're in that little place, and it's a, it's a nice place to, to be when you when you hear the metal song. Not a nice place to be when you hear some of the other crap that
3: was around, but... Oh, also takes you back to Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, which it turned another up-
3: another section of the '80s.
2: Yep. Uh, now there's a, uh, there's a lot of songs I could have put into this number two spot in the in the bad. Um, they're fighting over being in there, but uh, I've got to have this in there somewhere because I find this song excruciating. I think this song is just. I know it's it's when you see it in the show that it, it means something, and uh, and people. Uh, singers kill to sing it because it's a you know great test of their vocal acrobatic ability and all those things. But by Jesus, every time I hear "Memory" by Elaine Page, I want to I want to kill a cat. Um, uh, I don't want to go to cats. I don't want to have anything to do with cats. Um, and that song is does not help um, that situation at all. I find it absolutely pulverizing. So memory.
0: And the,
3: and the sad part is that is the best song in the show, and so they play it three times. Hence, but,
2: I've never been to see the show.
3: Oh, I walked out halfway through. Oh, did you horrible. really? I really did. Um, it was just. Oh, that's Delta, why you. That's why you Delta said the other week
2: when we did when we did Normie Rowe in the um, in the Life of Brian podcast. He said he auditioned for Cats, and you said, "Oh, you should be thankful you didn't get the part."
3: Oh, it's horrible! Oh, okay, I, they 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 wanted me to fill in for um, Jeff Phillips. Oh, really? For, for the Rum Tum Tugger, they flew me up to Sydney, and I just f-ed up the audition. But um, you know, it, I bought the soundtrack, and I just thought this is just because it's all T.S. Eliot poems. You know, some genius decided they get a whole lot of his short poems, and you know, make put music to them. They're not written like lyrically for songs. It's, it's just it's just a mess. It's just horrible. Yeah,
2: well, the uh, memory's a mess for me. Uh, and uh, no amount of Kitty Little will fix that one up. Righto, finally here we go. Number three is Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. Number two is Look Mama by Howard Jones. They're the bad ones. In the good side, you got live it up by metal as anything. And a, a dead heat for second, Obsession and All You Zombies. So let's go to the number one, good and bad. Well,
1: I'll start with number one, bad. And mm-hmm. I've completely up here. Oh,
2: I agree. I, th- I found this chart hard to
1: read. Oh, sorry. Even, even when yeah. I
3: expanded it. Yeah, I same thing.
1: So I've not included memory. I hate musicals. <laughs> I think Andrew Lloyd Webber shouldn't have been knighted. He should have been dragged out of a theatre by his ear hairs, <laughs> stripped of his clothes, and you know, in cartoons when you're poor, they just put a barrel on you with scraps. <laughs> and of course, the around Pili- Piccadilly Circus is a local poor idiot. Uh, you know. Just getting, just taking lyrics and aimlessly singing them does not a song make. <laughs> Leaning up against a lamp, staring at the moon. <laughs> Let's do a musical now. Kevin is talking into a microphone. Brian. Is gasping on a fan. You know, I that's think not a you've song, made Andrew. your point now. <laughs> it, it's, it's not music, mate. You, you can't get a knighthood for that. You should be, you should be excommunicated for that, you lazy sod. <laughs> Anyhow, I didn't have it at number one because I didn't see it, but it would have been one of the all-time ones. Yep. Memory, oh, my God. That's when you want Alzheimer's when you remember that song. So <laughs> uh, that really is my number one. But I did I did have Never Surrender by Corey Hart. Oh, okay. Um you know that term I kid you not? Yeah. <laughs> well, that fits me yes. Because I mean that look, is Corey Hart the one that died?
0: No. I think he I think
1: he, he did.
3: Was it he, Corey
2: Haim or Corey Hart? No, Corey Haim is the actor who died. Yes. Corey Hart was the bloke who had sunglasses at night was his other big hit.
3: Well, we had one, two, three, four, five, seven letters right, Kev. Yeah. Corey. I'm saying, Hart, I get them mixed we up. knew that Corey Hart had died. Sorry. We yeah. just thought she might have been Corey Hart.
1: There was a great there was a great scene in Get Smart. Get, Max had to learn how to be an actor. So they sent this acting teacher, the great Emilio Piotrchevsky, and he talked like this, and he was very dramatic. And at one point, Max says to Emilio, do you think I'll get the chance to die on stage? And he looks at him and he says, I'm sure you will. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and that's like
1: Courtney Hart. He might not be dead, but I died on stage a
3: few He's stinking up this chart, that's for sure. Uh. Anyway, you know,
1: he... He ran the trifecta because it was, it was pretty – if you if you only had to do your worst – if you only got the chart two minutes before the show, then, of course, you were lucky because you had Howard Jones, Howard Jones, Corey Hart.
2: You sort of yeah. – oh, well, that's yeah. easy. <laughs> Don't do any other work. Um, so my number one good. Yes. What is it? You know how I like to live it up because
1: it's – to me, it's a it's a really good song by Metal as anything, but it's not their loudest, angriest, or more um, or most famous. Correct? Yep.
0: Mm.
1: So, first of all, I really like this band. I don't think this band's polarizing. I think both of you would not have it in your worst, not your best. I think the only reason this band isn't considered a great band is because their discography is pretty short.
0: Hmm.
1: They've got louder, more famous songs, but The Lady Don't Mind by Talking Heads, uh, who I think okay. have their brilliance, is like Live It Up. It's a restrained example of a very good Talking Heads song. And it, it's, you're going to have to like Talking Heads. I don't know if you like them. I mean, I think. I don't. You, you don't? I, I
3: just because we're on a road to nowhere. Yeah, okay, that's crap. That's terrible. <laughs> oh, it's just been played on the radio at peak hour traffic since 1983. I'm over it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's annoying, that song. But Psycho Killer's a good song. Psycho Killer's a good song. Yeah. yeah. And, and Lady Don't Mind is along those lines. Is it's a good song. As, it's not as brash as Psycho Killer. I don't know. I, as I said, I'd be surprised if they're in your worst- but I can, I can imagine that a lot of people would never have them in their best. Yep. I, I can put them in their best, in my best, and probably only for two or three songs, and this is one of them. Yep. And, and communicate.
2: Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. It's, it's one of their better songs. I, not in my best or my worst, but, yeah, one of their better songs. I'm not a Talking Hits fan either. Um, but there are a couple of songs I do like. Um, but, yeah, Road to Nowhere certainly isn't one of them. Righto, so there's uh, there's Finney's uh, uh, three bad ones and four good ones. Righto, Mr Mannix, numero uno is, awaits. we got uh, Life in One Day by Howard Jones and we've got Heaven by Brian Adams in the bad pile and the good pile as people get ready, Jeff Beck and Rod Stewart, and What You Need by NXS. excess.'
3: we going to see that uh, me and Finney have tag-teamed Howard Jones completely out of the ring. So that's good. Yep, now it's um, gone. He's gone. Um, okay, like you know that I like Elvis and- oh, um, Elvis and here. I mean, well, this is my whole point. I think this song is the perfect song for Elvis, and I think had he was still alive, he should have recorded this. Um, and I talk about the number one song, Out of Mind, Out of Sight, when hey, I'm well, without you, I get a chill up and down my spine. Would have been a great song for Elvis. And um interestingly, when they wrote it, oh, James wrote it, um, they he sort of they'd had the first two bits, but they didn't know that you like the weird feel when I turn out the light. You like the re- that's perfect, Elvis. And um he said, no, hang on, I've got to write another bit. So he went outside the rehearsal studio wherever they were doing it and he came back in with that bit and James Valentine sort of said to him, well, congratulations, James, you just f***ed up a really good song. <laughs> so but James stuck to his guns and that bit got in and I think it's great. And, I, and the end of it always reminds me too of Rocky Horror Show, got to keep my buddy tight. Oh, Rocky, awesome tag. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think that's a great song, and well done to Mark Opitz, who produced it. Yeah. Um was it by? Models. Models. Correct.
1: The annoying period where they were the models, they're models.
3: <laughs> yeah, they started out
1: <laughs> just as models,
3: I think. Yeah, you're right. Models,
1: models, models, the models. You've got to be really, you've got to get your dates right to know what they were called.
3: Yep. Yep. Well,
2: You'll hear Sean been- Kelly on Life of Brian in a couple of weeks' time. He talks about all that stuff.
3: He Clears everything up, Fani. They,
0: they didn't that. want to be
2: a the anything. Um, they wanted but, to be. But, but weren't they the models at some point?
3: I don't think they ever were. But they were. Those to- they started. They started out as models, but they ended up being called the models. I think.
2: Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> were. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll check that out. No, good We're choice, Brian. To- I never, I've never thought of that as an Elvis thing in my life, but now that, you've, now that you did that, I can hear that perfectly. Yeah. I can hear that perfectly. I
3: can hear that perfectly. Yeah. Go keep my butter tight. But that doesn't uh, sound like uh, uh, right, uh, Elvis. Well, I can't sing exactly like Elvis, <laughs> but you've got to imagine, you know. Well, that sounds like watching The Detectives.
2: The other Elvis finally. Um, oh, now what's your number there's one another- Elvis besides <laughs> <Costello>. <laughs> <laughs> Don't start Brian on Elvis Costello, or you'll start bagging him again. Right, I, I want you, what's your number? So do I. But Brian, we interviewed him, and Brian thought he was boring as bad shit. You Brian- got to interview Elvis Costello. Yeah, yeah. Lucky oh, Phil rang me up and said it's, it's the
3: most thing. boring interview you've ever done. Yeah, well, that's not uh, Elvis's it fault. A, it was Elvis's it's fault. It's not
2: Elvis's fault if you were a boring interview. No,
3: he was just talking in one monotone the whole way. He started well, the interview asking up- you about the bloody thing that was behind you on the thing.
2: He tried to engage that- with you and you, you fresh air him, you dickhead. Yeah, but that's not shoot you kept the
1: me messenger.
3: Out. Lucky Phil said it was the most boring interview we've done.
1: Hang on, hang on. That's because you kept asking him about that. Who's on first
0: routine? Yeah. And yeah, Then I Costello. asked him about then I
3: asked him about Priscilla. Yeah, that yeah. seemed to piss him off. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, you know, okay, maybe I need to have a good look at myself.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and maybe now, maybe Lucky Phil's not the best judge in the world either.
3: No, he's not <laughs> You <laughs> I'm about being the Deputy Prime
2: Minister. Felix <laughs> Costillo.
3: <laughs> right, what's your number one bad manics? Well This one has got shit drum sounds. It sounds, I don't know, they've slowed them down too much or something, but it sounds like a giant doing giblets of poo or something. Um, It's got shit drum sounds. It's got shit 80s production. But worst of all, the girl singing has got a shit haircut. And
0: they're
3: they're aptly named Coup d'etat. Oh, right. Too young for promises. My God, woman, what the hell was going on here? You know, she can obviously sing a bit, but this is just a piece of shit. And I blame it mainly on whoever produced the thing. It's just all of the sounds are just the worst of 80s production, you know, like, there's not a guitar in sight. The drums sound so mechanical, you know, computer-ish with really – over the top sounds like the drums sound like there's a cannon going off over your head, and the singing is sort of just in the background behind it, but no, this is just an absolute friggin disgrace, and it's coup d'etat, who of course went on to to be coup d'etat. well, they were two young for promises, yeah
2: they they were coup de and feathered and uh, sent on their way because that yeah, it was a very ordinary song, very ordinary yeah. song. Uh, my number one bad, uh, well, uh, I didn't probably hate it when it first came out as much as I now, when I hear it, I just go, oh, no. Uh, and that's uh, the number 21 song on this chart, and it's uh, Billy Don't Lose My Number by uh, by Phil Collins. It just now just infuriates and annoys me and, and makes me, I don't mind some Phil Collins stuff, uh, but it has not travelled well from the 80s, most of Phil's material as Phil hasn't. Um, so that, that, uh, that gets my number one. There was a few other contenders in there. Uh, Sister Sledge went close. Prince went close with Raspberry Beret. Oh, God, that's annoying. And Kim Carnes, what a batshit crazy song that one is called Crazy in the Night. God. Um, and my number one good, and Aussie uh, in here. Uh, I can't believe that we haven't mentioned up until now, but it is the number 18 song in this chart, and it's the Hoodoo Guru's Bittersweet.
3: He's yeah, is my, my number
2: song. one. So yeah, nice work. I got three Aussies in uh, in my top three, but uh, and a couple of songs. Uh, I'll tell you what's a good song, which which I left just left out was "Life in a Northern Town" by the Dream Academy. And if yeah. you, if you want to hear a really good version of that, Google "Life in a Northern Town" by the Zoot, uh, Daryl Cotton singing it. And it was a little okay. a little uh, compilation thing. Daryl did a version of it, and Rick Springfield had done a version of it, and they put it together. Rick put the two together, and it it sounds really really good. So it's it's even better than the Dream Academy version. So, um, mm. uh, interesting to have I, a listen. To
3: that. I would have just about. I just about put in uh, Barnsey. I'm not a huge Barnsley fan. I don't dislike anything he's done, but I, you know, it's all sort of seven out of ten for me. But I I died to be with you tonight at number forty. I think is um, that would have made be number three on my best, except that I found out that Jeff Beck and Rod Stewart were doing "People Get Ready."
2: Yeah, yeah, I don't mind that. That's one of the Barnsley songs that hasn't been flogged to death like the others, and it's not. It's quite a good vocal on that one. Yeah, Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't sort of go for the screaming and yelling.
1: And I had one that. You guys are going to absolutely poo poo.
2: What did you like?
1: Yeah, go on. Look, it belongs in a movie. It does not belong in a chart. It's not a song. Mm. But but for a piece of for a score for for that Axel F. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that, I reckon it's great.
2: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I reckon around about the same time as that was at, the Hill Street Blues theme was around, and they were two great bits of music, but you're right, should never have been released as singles. It's not, they're not songs, but no. they
1: you know, but that is a memorable, you know, that is very fitting to the movie.
2: And it's, I think it's, bum, who is it, Harold? Bum, 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 bum. I reckon that's a really yeah. good piece of music for a film.
1: Yeah, correct.
2: Yeah, correct. I, I agree. A-
3: I, I couldn't read it on the uh, chart because I was looking at it to see, oh, this, I can't remember this, this might be a piece of F. Shit.
2: yeah.
3: But that's the end of Ferris Bueller's Day. No, 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 no,
2: no, no. Beverly Hills Cop.
3: Oh. oh, yeah, no, no, I would have put that in my worst for sure. What, Beverly um, Hills Cop? Oh, look, that movie... Um, That's a good movie. All all of the – look, the whole soundtrack sounds like it's done by a keyboard guy in the 80s with eyeliner on And
2: Well, that's what Harold Faltermeyer is.
3: Well, that's why I don't like it. You know, keyboard players just came and took over
0: music in the 80s. I agree with that.
2: I agree with that. uh, Like the George Morodas in this chart too with Phil Oakey again with another song that just sounds like every other song they ever did.
3: Um, I just one I just i just had enough dead, kids.
2: Dead or alive are in here. There's all those kind of uh, all those. Uh, you meant you said finally. It, it takes you back. If you're doing a, an '80s trashy party, you'd have half this half this chart would be on it, um, yes. and you wouldn't enjoy half of it. Um, uh, we're done, boys. We're got to go.
3: It's a really long episode.
2: Uh, well, it has turned out to be a long episode, but, but we had we had a lot to
3: talk about. Well, I think it was a fairly good you, episode
2: yeah, You got into American politics early And that sort of took uh, an hour and a half So
3: Yeah, my apologies <laughs> to all concerned <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no actually, I like- I like actually, I'm wondering how many people I'll have pissed off on this episode Well, that's
2: uh, uh, if you haven't pissed anybody off Brian, you haven't done your job Well, okay, yeah. thanks, Kev And if you don't Do you- piss off now You'll have done more than your
3: job Do you okay. want the
1: episode to go for 45 minutes longer? Just ask me what I think of die straits.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, that's us done. Thank you, boys. Uh, enjoy your week. We'll uh, we'll talk again soon.
3: Okay. Bye, bye. A wife. Bye, bye. bye.
2: You've just experienced rock
1: and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.